Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Offer It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for exceptional 21st century living. Folks, we have a very different show today. We're going to be speaking with Michelle Madrid, and we're talking about her book, Let Us Be Greater, A Gentle Guided Path to Healing for Adoptees. And, you know, folks, it's really amazing. We don't think about adoptees. They're kind of like, okay, deal with it. We, we really don't care. So this is going to be um, insight on adoption. And what was really interesting for me was I have a girlfriend who is an international adopted child, and she called me right before picking up uh, before uh, recording this podcast. And I thought that was kind of interesting timing because I don't hear from her all the time. So we could delve into that also a little bit later. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. 
I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. Now, my clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. I invite you to like and follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Adoption is a lifetime of support and opportunity for thousands. It also brings challenges, emotional conditions that are often silenced or left unaddressed, including PTSD, risk of suicide, and fear of abandonment. My guest today, Michelle Madrid, is the author of Let Us Be Greater, A Gentle Guide, Guided Path to Healing for Adoptees, and host of the Electricity of You podcast. She is an international adoptee, former foster child in the UK, and an adoptee empowerment life coach who has been recognized as an Angels in Adoption honoree by the Congressional Coalition on Adoption Institute and inducted into the New Mexico Women's Hall of Fame for her work in adoption. She lives in Southern Cal, and you can visit her at her website, and that is themichellemadrid.com, T-H-E-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-A-D-R-I-D.com. Welcome, Michelle. Oh, thank you, Monique. It's an honor to be here with you today. Well, it's great to have you. Now, when um, you came online and we talked, I called you a different name. <laughs> Do you want to share that experience? <laughs> I I'm still tingling from it from the tips of my toes to the top of my head um and as I share in the book let us be greater it's you you call me by my original name um mm -hmm. by my very first name which is Julia Dawn and that's who you addressed me as you said hello <laughs> to Julia Dawn <laughs> it meant everything to me and then you said something that um, I think caused me to tingle even more. And it brought tears to my eyes. You said something to the effect of, you know, the essence of who we truly are is found in our given name. Mm -hmm. Really is a gift to me on this day um, because it is the journey and it is the journey that I write about in the book. It has been my personal journey of, you know, going deep to get back to the essence of me, the essence mm -hmm. that I felt so, you know, cut off from for such a long time as, um, an adoptee. And so it's just such a gift to address me by the name. And um, it it just was beautiful. And so thank you for that recognition, because it truly represents, I think, the fullness of who I am today. Um, it most definitely does. And, you know, folks, um, if you're new to listening to me, I always tell everyone that your given name, whatever is on your birth certificate, is the energy that your soul came to earth on. Now, you may not like the name, you might change it later, whatever, but that original energy is still there. So if you have changed your name or altered it in any way, and I'm not talking nicknames, I'm talking given names when you 
professionally give your name to someone, when um, you do that, you're tapping into your soul. Okay. So it's going to be very important to be cognizant of what that is. And if you're having a hard time and you've changed your name, try going back to your other name for a little while and you'll notice a marked difference because that's the energy that your soul came to earth on. So um, thank you so much for being on the show. As I shared with you, I have a girlfriend that called right before uh, the show and she's also an international adoptee. And in fact, she found her sister um, about two years ago. And this woman is in her 60s. And her sister's at her house and she invited me over. So after I do this, I'm going to meet a new person. So how is it that, um, Michelle, that we get so lost? Um, first of all, we don't acknowledge adoption a lot unless you are in that process. And then we don't realize the loss that people suffer because they're adopted. Mm, yeah, that's been something overlooked for decades and decades and decades. You know, the the fact, the very real fact that adoption loss is real and that something had to come apart, if you will, before something else could come together. One family had to go through a severing before another family could be sown. Mm-hmm. And that that loss is overlooked. A lot of times I feel like within the wider narrative of adoption, um, there's a there's a sole focus on or a greater focus on the child coming into his or her new surroundings. And we tend to look at adoptees as sort of blank slates. They enter their new surroundings as a blank slate. And then from there, they're molded. Maybe their name has changed. They're in a new family, within a new culture, perhaps a new country. And everything starts from there. But what we haven't recognized what we're beginning to recognize. And I'm so grateful that you're having me on your amazing uh, podcast to, to talk about this because it's so important is that a loss had to occur. And that loss, I believe, needs to be tenderly held and explored. The grief process needs to be, you know, traveled through. We need mm-hmm. to feel what we need to feel in order to heal as adoptees and also to bring those earliest parts of ourselves, the very essence of who we are along with us into the new surroundings, into this new life that we've been given so that we can continue to go and to grow, feeling a sense of wholeness and completeness within. I think when we don't look at the loss, then we live separate from that place of essence and there's Mm -hmm. a great deal of grief that we don't deal with um, that would allow us i think to uh, really look at what you call the bs the belief system um, of our earliest circumstance and do the work if needed of shifting some of our beliefs in order to empower ourselves forward Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's interesting because even if you're not adopted, if you are a product of um, an early broken home or a parent who's passed away at a very early age, as I was with my mom, there's a a void, there's a, a missing. And for me, it led to abandonment issues and I wasn't even technically abandoned the woman passed on. So how is it with an adopted person? I mean, do you feel that the... Uh, biological parents just didn't want you and it's you're you're hurt by that or do you ever get to a 
point of understanding that they did what they felt was necessary at the time? You know, adoption for the adoptee is a lifelong journey. And, you know, certainly we don't solely hold the experience of feeling abandoned in our lives or rejected in our lives. But, you know, I think when you come from a broken home, a broken place, when you feel that void, when something is missing, when you feel displaced in some way, marginalized perhaps within your own thoughts, your own feelings, um, that I think those limiting beliefs just start to be seeded. And so I definitely struggled, as many adoptees do, with the question of why. Why did the very people who should have stayed with me, protected me, loved me. Why did they leave? Did I do something wrong? Is there something about me? You know, I used to believe that I was just somehow tainted, um, that I had for some reason come into this earth, um, on, into this physical experience um, damaged as damaged goods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at my foster records, it it certainly mirrored that. I mean, um, I was called this difficult to place within my foster records, you know, illegitimate, unwanted, all of these words. And I think those are oh. logos of limitation that can stay with us and they can, mm-hmm. um, they can darken our spirit. They can, um, I think, sever us, disconnect us from that place of essence within us. And so that journey for me has been a profound and meaningful one to open those areas of my life that felt so closed, you know, um, and to work through um, the messaging that we often get as adoptees that, you know, you don't need to know, um, you just be grateful, just move on. That doesn't really matter anymore. The fact of the matter is that, for adoptees, it might very well matter to them. And so allowing them to find um, sacred space to explore what their own personal unique journey means to them and those feelings of being somehow broken, left behind, that void that you speak of, it is so crucial that adoptees are allowed that journey um, of self-discovery to come home to themselves and reunite with themselves on the deepest levels and to answer for themselves what this unique experience means to them versus having those on the outside tell them what this should mean, what this should feel um, to them. And I think that is a beautiful um, and proactive step to take as an adoptee and a gift to give yourself. Okay. Um in your book, you talk about their eight pain points, um, these places that hurt for adoptees. Share some of them with us, because I think that, as you just said, people feel you should be grateful. And, you know, someone took you in, someone loved you, so get over it. And it's like, no, it's not mm-hmm. quite that simple. So what are the eight pain points? They are, you know, the pain of feeling unwelcome in the world. I'm feeling that sense of marginalization. Um, oftentimes, you know, adoptees will refer to that as just being, I feel like I'm a foreigner in my own life, um, yeah. a stranger to my own life. So that's certainly a pain point that comes up often. The sense of just broken bonds and just a deep, profound sense of loss. Something's missing, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, being denied access to truth, being told what the truth is from, you know, another version, someone else's version of what your truth should be um, is really hard. That can even be, you know, the denial of access to your medical records, just 
you know, truth after truth after truth, sometimes adoptees can feel just very much closed off from those things. Familial rejection and mm -hmm. words that harm, you know, words that harm like, oh, just be grateful, just get over it, you know, um, mm -hmm. can be hurtful um, and can diminish, I think, an adoptee's spirit and certainly their voice, their true voice. I think distrust adoptees do often um, struggle with the ability to trust others and themselves. Mm -hmm. um, that sense of banished biology, um, being left behind, left out of, pleasing others versus pleasing the self. That's a big one. Mm. Adoptees will often come to me and say, you know, I feel like I just live my life to please others because I'm so afraid of being rejected if I don't. And so I just play, play a role in my life versus really stepping into my life as my authentic self and the lack of transparency and acceptance. And I think mm -hmm. that starts with self-acceptance and a sense of self-transparency, really being true with ourselves um, and accepting ourselves, scars, flaws, and all, as I like to say, um, is a beautiful gift. So those are the points of pain in the book that I move through mm -hmm. and through the, through the work, you know, really, um, hope and pray that adoptees will find um, the door, the pathways, turning those points of pain into their points of light so that they can really illuminate their way forward. Mm -hmm. And working with adoptees, have you ever crossed someone who said, you know, well, back then abortion was legal. I wish they had would have just aborted me instead of putting me through this hell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even, Hearing you speak those words breaks my heart because I hear that a lot. And, you know, here's the other thing. It's interesting because when adoptees, as we are more and more, um, we are, you know, connecting. Social media is a powerful tool for that. We are emerging into our own truth, sharing our perspectives, our experiences. We will sometimes and maybe more than sometimes be told well, would you rather have just been aborted or left in the orphanage or, you know, those kind of things. And that's yeah. not, that is a, that is a real um, point of hurt that we deal with sometimes feeling like we live in between two lives, which is not really living in my uh, point of view. I felt that way for a very long time. I used to say growing up, I feel like I live between two shores, um, England and the U S and I'm somewhere in the middle struggling to keep my head above water. And I don't really feel like I'm living. It's, you know, um, living, but not quite. It's not, it's dying, but not really. I just didn't feel fully alive. Huh. Um, and certainly that is a hurt that I hear some adoptees saying that this pain is so great for me that I just wish I'd never even been born. Mm. And what about the opposite? I, um, I had a client um, years ago and she was not adopted, but she had two adopted uh, siblings. And one day she overheard her mother talking to one of the um, adopted siblings. They were having a hard time with something. And the mother said, but I chose you. And that upset the biological child. Can you talk to us a little bit about that type of dynamic where the biological child might feel less than than the adopted? Yeah, you know, I have, um, my eldest son is biological, and then I have two um, amazing kids who were brought into my life through international adoption, um, mm -hmm. Ian, Ian from Russia, 
Eviana from Ethiopia, and then my eldest son is Christian. And um, you know, I've been very careful about that word. I've never, I've never said to my children um, of adoption, "You, you were chosen," because mm-hmm. it, it really carries a heavy uh, weight. Mm-hmm. How we take that in as adoptees now is. And I can talk more about that. I, I just wanted to say, for addressing it from a biological perspective of being a biological child inside of a family with adoptive siblings, I think hearing a parent say, but you were chosen to the adopted sibling could leave perhaps a biological sibling feeling like, well, but I wasn't, was I, was mm-hmm. I chosen? Do I, you know, I think we have to be careful with the word from the adoptee perspective if 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 an adoptive parent and believe me my adoptive mother said this to me often you know but you were chosen um it also means that someone decided not to keep me so on you know in my earliest life i wasn't chosen and that brings along its own points of pain adoptees have often also um, been aware of the fact that they came into their adoptive families after their parents struggled maybe with infertility and so sometimes being chosen can carry the weight of, but as second choice. So I think that we just have to be careful with that word and how we use it and understanding that it is a nuanced word and and people take that word um, in in different ways. And so um, I think it's just a word we have to be. It's a tricky word, Monique. It's a tricky word. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, you know, in your uh, in her book, folks, she has a lot of exercises. And at first I was like, well, what kind of exercises can you do if you're adopted to, you know, um, really embrace, you know, who you are? Uh, she has many exercises in the book. And um, one of them in the book uh, is... Uh, putting down the baggage exercise. Talk to us about why you have exercises in the first place, because it's all about your electricity, I think. And and why is it, you know, important to embrace exercises around this? I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, I think they're, you know, tools and approaches to help us stop and reflect on perhaps a pain that we've been carrying with us, maybe that we haven't been aware of, something that's showing up, causing a certain behavior pattern in our life that maybe isn't serving our highest good. What Mm -hmm. are those tools and approaches, visualizations, methods that can help us just to, um, I think, center in, sit in stillness and become more aware of the workings of our heart and our soul, what's really going on deep within us. I mean, I think oftentimes, and I did this for a long time, Monique, I was the big avoider. I wanted to have the perfect grades. I wanted to be as perfect as possible. I wanted to have the best career. I wanted to keep Mm. moving. I I chose a news career early on um, because I think it just kept me moving. And, you know, it, it, there was there was always something new and I really didn't have to sit with myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I left that world that I, you know, started embarking on this journey of self-discovery and self-awareness and really self-love and um, coming back to the roots of me, you know, the seeds of me and really nurturing that 
in our garden. And I think these tools can be those things that help us to turn the soil over, pull out the weeds of the things that aren't working in our life and begin to nourish ourselves with what is whole and beautiful and life affirming so that we can grow just this beautiful garden within us that sustains us forward to do what we're here to do in this life. And so putting down the baggage is one of those tools. It's really stopping to recognize what is the baggage that mm-hmm. perhaps I've been carrying for a really long time that was never mine to carry? Mm-hmm. You know, is it something that an adoptive parent said, like, just be grateful? And so I've lived my life um, dis, uh, disassociating my need to grieve or from my need to grieve, disconnecting mm-hmm. from that part of myself. What are the things that I need to finally, once and for all, put down so that I can free myself up? to move forward in my life and, you know, change my belief system to one mm-hmm. that really um, empowers me and illuminates. Again, I always like to say illuminates me forward, but that's what I, I really feel. A sense of coming home to myself where that porch light has always been on, yet I didn't really want to take that turn down that road because it can be scary to look at our, you know, our innermost thoughts and feelings and those places within us that, need to be healed in order for us to grow and step into the next version of who we're here to be. And I think that's beautiful soul work. So this is one simple, but I think profound exercise that adoptees can do actually that anyone can do who maybe Mm -hmm. feel like I've been carrying some stuff around and it does feel like, um, sort of heavy BS. <laughs> I, need to cha- I need to change the belief system. I need to put these things down. What are the things that I'm um, believing that are holding me back? What are those limiting beliefs? And let me put them down and begin the work of discovering what is my limitless truth and really standing in that, for, you know, firmly, strongly in my truth, taking back my life, my voice, so that I can be, you know, that offering to myself, to those I love around me and to the world ultimately and do the work that I was placed here to do. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds wonderful, but it also sounds daunting because it's like you're, you're tackling this all by yourself unless you are aware of another sibling that you have. So mm-hmm. how do you stand tall within this energy and just forge forward no matter what anyone has to say? Well, you know, I used to think that um, I had to heal all by myself, that I couldn't ask, I couldn't trust anyone to be Mm -hmm. there for me as I healed because I couldn't trust anyone with those uncomfortable parts of my life story, those uncomfortable thoughts, feelings I might be thinking, feeling. Um, And so I, I do believe that it takes a village. It it really does take a community. And I would always urge adoptees to connect with other adoptees. Because Monique, I don't know, I would you agree? I think very strongly that there is power in someone being able to look at you and say, I understand. Yes. I, I've been there too. And I and I understand. I do get it. And mm. um let me let me be that safe, sacred soft place for you to land. I'm here to hear you, not to judge you. I'm here to understand more and more and more deeply and completely so that yes, we can get over it. We can move through it and we can step forward together. I just think I have um, received such empowering healing, just knowing Mm -hmm. that I'm not alone. And I don't know if we are 
made to heal all by ourselves in isolation. There's certainly a lot of work that we can do in stillness. And I write about that in the book and to become mm-hmm. our own best friend. Like I really, you know, re- reconnecting with my first me, little, little Julia Dawn, the little one I was before adoption happened in my life and becoming her own best friend and knowing mm-hmm. that she's mine and that we're in this together has also been hugely healing for me. And then allowing myself to share my story and the insights that I've gleaned along the way with a wider community, adoption community, adoptee community, um, you know, has been has been very healing for me. We learn from each other. We grow together. We heal together. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It most definitely is. But what is the biggest misconception about adoption that people, you know, the lay person who's not in the energy of adoption or even close to someone who has been adopted, what is the biggest misconception that people have? Oh, I think that there's no loss to be grieved. That something Mm. at first, you know, that something at first didn't come apart in order for something else to come together as as I briefly mentioned on earlier, that there didn't have to be a goodbye before there could be a hello. And I think that earliest chapter of the adoptee's life has just been sort of skipped over and ignored so for so, so, so very long. Um, and I do believe that the biggest source of healing is a recognizing that the loss is real. It happened. It exists. And it's okay to say that out loud. We're not here to hurt anybody as adoptees by saying that a loss happened in our life that we that we need to look at, that we mm-hmm. that we desire to heal. Um, and I think even if your adoption story has in your eye, in your eyes, you know, been like total blessing. And I, I love that. You know, we need to as, as a community be able to receive and honor and embrace everyone's journey and everyone's mm-hmm. perspective as adoptees. So even if an adoptee says, you know, it's, oh, I, this has been a, a, a total blessing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think acknowledging that there was an early loss can open up a part of themselves that may be closed, that maybe they don't even recognize, um, and a part of yourself that needs to be explored in order to step into the greatest version of who you're here to be. I just think that this thought that we have to pretend that the loss didn't happen in order for us to be accepted and loved by others and even by ourselves mm-hmm. is a misconception that we really need to look at and and heal and shift. Mm. I, I like that shift. So what advice would you have for someone who, you know, two siblings, one is both are adopted. One's had a wonderful um, life growing up and the other one, not so much, but they meet later on in life and there's resentment there. How can one heal the resentment? Um, well, I think honoring that our journeys, first and foremost, are unique and different, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember thinking i mean this really sparks a memory in me Moni. can i share sure and i think it probably is getting to the question that you've asked i remember reuniting for the first time with my my first mom my bio mom in england and the first time i met her son paul my half sibling um mm-hmm. i remember he said something to me like because he knew i had you know, been adopted and being taken to America. And, and he said something to the effect of, Oh, lucky you, didn't you have it good? You grew up in America with, you know, all the, and it was really hard to take because I think it's, um, 
it was it was not having the ability to even ask or witness well what has this been like for you and mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to judge this i just want to again getting back to understanding i want to understand your journey i want to um um hold with you the journey that you've you've had as you hold the journey i've had with you i think we can be there for each other in greater ways and certainly more powerfully healing ways if we're able to um accept and witness another person's journey without judgment and not take it as as if something has been taken from us because theirs has been different um it is just different you know adoptees will say i don't think my life is better because i was adopted it's just different i you know and we can't know completely the (laughs) the fullest workings of what our life would have looked like had we remained in uh within our bio family bio country Mm -hmm. um uh, bio surroundings first surroundings but i do believe that it's very important to be able to witness another's journey and um, not to see it as something that takes away from your own, just understanding we have difference. We have different perspectives and different experiences. And through that, if we're willing to listen, we can learn a whole lot. And I think um, better heal ourselves individually and collectively, if that answers your question. It most definitely does. Thank you very much. Now, I've heard, and I don't have facts on this, it's just hearsay, that these days if adoption, um, it can be like an open adoption. If people can find out you know, who their biological parents are, or even interact with them if that's something that they choose to do. So could you talk to us about this new tipping point, if you will, where adoption is about to change to make it a bit easier for adoptees to find out information about themselves? You know, I think the more we talk about it, the more awareness is raised about the need to know. I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't know if anyone in life, adoptee or non-adoptee, would just be willing to say, I, I guess I just don't need to know if there is a desire inside of you to know more mm-hmm. um, of your fullest story. You know, certainly there are different kinds of adoption. There's closed adoption. There's um, open adoption where adoptive parents, the adoptee would have more access to um, bio parents, bio family, maybe medical information. It looks different um, with each and every adoption. And there's transracial adoption, transcultural adoption. But I think when you get to openness, we are seeing um, more and more, I think, that shift to mm-hmm. um, how important it is for um, adoptees not to live within these closed walls, these closed doors, and just, you know, living uh, a life where we're just told it doesn't matter, you can't know this. Um, And so openness is so key. For those of us who grew up in closed adoption, you know, sometimes these answers don't come. And so Mm. part part of the book and part of the exploration on the soulful approach to healing as adoptees is, you know, to open up areas of ourselves inside within us and access a deeper meaning, a deeper understanding of ourself. And, you know, getting back to the essence of who we are. I love how you say that. It's so true. And so I do believe we're um, at a tipping point where from um, adoption being looked at as um, moving toward more openness in 
the structure of adoption where mm-hmm. there is some access um, between bio family, adoptive family. There is information that is open depending on the situation and the circumstance. Again, that will look different. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there is a shift toward um, opening ourselves up as adoptees to our truest voice, to a place within us that feels like essence, a place within us where we feel connected to an identity that feels authentic. I think that is the work that many adult adoptees are doing. Many of us who grew up inside of more closed arrangements, um, adoption Mm -hmm. arrangements. And so this word open is one that I think you hear inside of our community on different levels because we are opening ourselves up to understanding that adoption ultimately is really about shared family. Your child uh-huh. comes to you with a bio family and that should be shared and embraced. Um, and again, every every circumstance is different, but oh my goodness, if you've adopted a child, please don't ever speak negatively of the bio parents. Keep that to yourself because ultimately an adoptee will take that and it will become a limiting belief about oh, who they are yeah. and their, you know, what they're here to do. And, mm-hmm. and so um, I just think openness in the way of let's always stay open to hearing our adopted children as they mm-hmm. go and as they grow. And as we move into adulthood, let's stay open to hearing the workings of our own hearts and our own voices and let's trust in that. Let's trust in that journey and that process as we, again, um, come home to ourselves and reconnect with those places that maybe have felt um, somehow lost and those ways where maybe we have felt somehow alone. Wow. That's uh, wonderful information for everyone, not just adoptees, um, for everyone. Now, when we go to your website, the michellemadrid.com. What are we going to find there? Oh my goodness. Thank you. This has been um, (laughs) such a wonderful labor of love. The electricity of you, when I was a little girl growing up as an adoptee, there were Mm -hmm. times, and I, you know, I grew up inside of a um, home with uh, an an adoptive father who struggled with alcohol, um, alcoholism. And Mm -hmm. uh, there were many times inside of my adoptive home where it felt pretty dark. And I used to think to myself, in, in the dark of night in my bedroom, there's a light inside of me. I just know it. It just, I w- just wish I could, you know, find it. Um, mm-hmm. So much of my early story just made me feel sort of like that light had been dimmed. And so the electricity of you is all about reigniting that light inside of yourself, the essence of who you are, so that you can really step into that illuminating version of you and light up the world, light up your life, light up how you love, light up your relationships, light up your purpose and your calling. And so everything within the electricity of you is centered around, framed around, how do we reconnect to those places inside of ourselves that Mm -hmm. feel that we feel disconnected from? How do we reignite that light and step forward? So there's a podcast um, there, the Electricity of You podcast. Um, 
that is a, just such a beautiful offering. I love hearing from women and their journeys of reconnecting to their light and how that has led them forward into living out their purpose and calling. And there's information on my coaching and um, mm-hmm. on my personal journey. So I would love folks to visit me there and you know together let's ignite the electricity of who we are oh could we not light up the world if we all plugged back into that (laughs) yes we could and you don't have to be adopted to do that do we (laughs) we we sure we sure don't there's a lot in this life that can cause us to disconnect from that spark within and so i want to do my part and help helping people reconnect to that spark and just igniting and igniting it into like this, the most illuminating flame possible. Wow. Well, that's change, you know, one person, one step at a time. It absolutely positively works. Um, Julia Dawn, I've really enjoyed our time together. We're almost at the end, but I'd love for you to share uh, some words of wisdom or pearl of wisdom with our audience today, please. Oh, you know, what comes to me is, you know, change begins within. And I want you to remember, if you can place your hands over your heart in this moment, contemplate that your heart beats for you a hundred thousand times a day. You don't even have to think about it. It beats for you. It is a gift. You are a gift in this life. And as you hold your hands over your heart, I'd like you to think about the light within and understand that the light around you is great, but the light within you is greater and believe in the light of you and Do the beautiful work each and every day to reconnect to that place within. um, It is just such a beautiful gift to yourself and and truly know that there is a light within you. It is the essence of who you are and the greatest gift you can give to yourself, to me, to Monique and to the world is to plug back in and and shine, truly shine in your own unique, authentic way. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. And if you can do that, whatever your BS belief system is to get there, um, do it because it's much needed right now, much needed in this world. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. I still love calling you Julia Dawn, though, but thank you so much for um, your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. You can call me Julia Dawn any time. You know, I also sometimes I sign off going um, sincerely, Michelle, a.k.a. Julia Dawn. (laughs) So I think I'm going to do that more and more and more. Thank you for that gift today, Monique. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, it has. And um, I I wish you all the best. Um, You've got a lot of positive energy. And folks, you know, I have the feeling she hasn't put this out there, but I have the feeling that even if you're not adopted and you're working on some of the issues that adoptees go through, because they're the same issues that we go through, just on a different level, give her a call, work with her. You can feel her groundedness. You can feel her energy. And she's about change, okay? Because you can't put electricity to something and have it stay the same. It just doesn't work. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Thank you, and thank you for that. And certainly within the pages of Let Us Be Greater, I want people to know that adoptee or non-adoptee, there's 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 a wealth of support and insight within the within exactly. the book as well. Thank you. Exactly. Welcome. You're welcome. So um, get the book, uh, and you know if you feel drawn to call her for some support, um, you can't go wrong with her. Um, and I thank you, the audience, for being with me. I'm truly honored and blown away that you guys listen to me each and every week. But I want everyone to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of being greater. Blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.